How's that? Am I on now? Okay. He shows you right on down the line how to put that thing together and build your body. When you want to study how, to, how God's building the kingdom, you go to the book of Esther. You know what the book of Esther is about? The book of Esther, in a nutshell, is a, is a Gentile queen being dethroned and a Jewish queen being put on the throne. You know what it's a picture of? It's a picture of the end of the times of the Gentiles and the establishment of the nation of Israel. It's a time period that we're living right now. You realize the, Esther is, the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned? You don't find the word Lord mentioned? You find absolutely no mention of God or the Lord anywhere in the book of Esther. But yet, when you study that book, you'll find God is behind the scenes in every chapter, in every verse, orchestrating what he's trying to do to establish his kingdom. And I want to tell you something. That's the way it is today. We're standing on the very verge of God coming back and establishing his kingdom. If you know anything about the Bible at all, you know where we're at. We're in a Laodicean church period. And you know that we're in a mess. And you know uh, as, as, that the world and Christianity is completely away from where the word of God is for the most part. And God is on the verge of establishing his kingdom. And it's hard to find God today. Oh, you hear a lot of talk about God. You see a lot of people doing things in the name of God. But let me tell you something. God is behind the scenes. And God is doing some great things to prepare uh, for his kingdom. So when you come to the book of Esther, you find how God builds his kingdom. When you go to the book of Ezra, you find how God builds his temple. That's you. Remember in the Old Testament that like Spring Hill and, uh, and the Paola and, and Osawatomi, and, they're, and they're, they're just lights. And it's one of those lights is made up of a home. They got the lights on, they got the porch light on, they got the back deck light on, they got the pool's light on, and from the sky, you look across there and you see all those lights. And you could be 50 miles away, 20 miles away, and you could say, there's a city over there. That's what Christianity ought to be. You see what we got? I don't know how many we got here today, probably 30 or 40 people, but you know what we got? We got 30 homes, 30 buildings here. 30 buildings here. And in each one of them, the lights should be on. Someday maybe we'll run 100. That's 100 homes with the lights on. Someday maybe we'll run 200. The bigger you get, with the more homes you have, with the more people plugged in, and the more lights on, the more people in the darkness can see the light. And that's what it's all about. That's why he said, a city on a hill cannot be hid. That's why he said uh, that when you come to building a church, your body is the temple of God. As you build that body, hey, this church, this church will only be as strong and only be as glorious to God as the individual lights. There's no secret formula to it. We don't mix spiritual concoctions and sprinkle over everybody when you come in. This church will only go and grow and be what God wants it to be by the individuals, one, building their body, turning the lights on, and then as we meet together <clears throat> and as a group and the light show, people in the darkness see the light, they're gravitated to the light, and they get saved. That's how it works. That's how it works. God builds a kingdom. God builds a temple. And God builds a church. And in the book of, in the book of Nehemiah here, you find that Nehemiah goes down and he, he, he rides down there at night. Now that night in the Bible, wherever you find it in the Old Testament, is always going to be a picture of the church age. There are certain words in the Bible that always denote different things. And he's down there and he rides around at night, the Bible says. In fact, I think it says it twice in the chapter. In the night, in the night, in the night. The Bible says that Jesus Christ comes as a thief in the night. It talks about in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the watchman, about the coming of Christ in the night. A watchman is supposed to watch in the night. The night in the Bible is always a picture of the church age. 
And this is a picture, even though it happened many, many, many hundreds of years ago, it's a prophecy and a picture showing that uh, the state of Christianity. And here's Nehemiah coming down through here, and he's looking through these things, and he's, he's looking at all the shambles that Jerusalem is in. Boy, Jerusalem's in a mess. I mean, Jerusalem was the, was the premier program for God in the Old Testament. It was the, it was the premier uh, plan that God had. And God was going to reach the world through Jerusalem. I told you before, there was a time when under Solomon and even David, when it was the greatest kingdom the world has ever seen. All the world came in, and then something happened. They got away from the Word of God. God had given them laws and decrees. God had given them uh, doctrinal things that they needed to do. They got away. They started by getting away from the Word of God. They started by adding to the things of God. They started by disobeying what God said in the little things. They started by doing their own thing. Oh, they were religious. There was in a time back there, the, the, the wickedest time that you could find with the nation of Israel was under Ahab and Jezebel. I mean, Ahab and Jezebel are the two wickedest people that Israel ever had as king. Jezebel was a woman, but Ahab was the king. And they are the wickedest people, and it doesn't get any worse than that. And you know what? All during that time, they were still religious. They were going through the motions. They were making the sacrifices. They were having worship in the temple. Oh, a lot of things had changed. A lot of, but they, they gave the appearance of being everything that they were supposed to be. But in essence, they weren't. And they were getting farther and farther and farther and farther away from the Word of God. And farther away from God. Bible says that they have a... Bible talked about the nation of Israel, that they, that they had a, a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. And they had all the things that, that if you looked at it from the outside, it, was, it looked good. But when you got on the inside, it was nothing that what God wanted. And you know what? Church has gone the same way. Because in the New Testament, God's programmed the church. And I know, that, I know I'm not talking about a, a literal building. The church in God's mind is a literal building. The church in God's mind is individuals. But he says, forsake not the assembling yourselves together. And God knows that we as individuals need a structure. We need some kind of discipline. We need some kind of governmental form. That's what a church is. Based on the word of God. Based on what God says. And it's a place that we can edify each other. I, I have a, a, a young gal that uh, is a, a sister-in-law to a friend of ours. And she lives up in, in Minnesota. And uh, is it Minnesota? Nebraska. And uh, she is just, her and her husband, and she, her husband's a doctor, and, and, and she's a, just a housewife, got a couple of kids, really love the Lord. But they're starving to death for the Bible. Every Monday night from 9 o'clock till 10.30, we get on a four-way conference call. And we have an hour and a half Bible study on the phone. And I'll tell you what, I have never met a, more, a, a person that is just, if, if, you took, if you took and sat down with her and said, you see this case? What color is it? She'd say, well, it's, it ain't red, it's burgundy. It's, it's, it's this is color. And you say, it isn't, it's black. She'd say, okay. I mean, I, I, I mean I, all my life I've fought with people about the Bible. I mean, well, the gap theory, you know, Adam and Eve and this and that. I mean, all my life somebody was all, I've never met anybody in my life, maybe but two or three people that they said, simply said, you know what, whatever you tell me about the Bible, I'll believe. I mean, this woman, when I'm done, I feel like somebody, after an hour and a half, I, I feel like somebody put a vacuum cleaner on my ears and just sucked out my brains. I mean, she takes everything you've got. She's got she, is the mo she is the purest, most innocent 
Christian I've ever met in my life that just wants to learn the Bible. And it's the greatest thing in the world. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? <clears throat> she is a victim. I mean, come on. I cannot believe that somebody has to get on a conference call long distance, <clears throat> 500 miles away, to learn the Bible. But you know what? Isn't anybody up there teaching the Bible? And, and that's the same way it is all over the place. And it's a, you know, we met with her last, she came into town last, this weekend. We went over one night this last week and we spent down there. And I'll tell you what, she just will devour everything. And she gets so excited and she just wants to, and I thought to myself, you know what, this is good for me because I'll tell you, it's been a long time that I just found somebody that didn't want to fight about the Bible and just wanted to be taught the Word of God. And you know what? That's the way it is today in the church. Uh, there's, there's nobody teaching the Bible. I'm not saying we're the only ones that are doing it. There's people out there, but you know what I'm talking about. We're in the Laodicean church. And the church <coughs> has gone in the New Testament exactly the same way that uh, uh, the nation of Israel did in the Old Testament. She asked me, she says, she says, how did you, she says, I feel so, I feel so guilty, she says. I said, what do you feel guilty about? She says, you happen to spend the time, she says, and teach me the Bible. She says, I feel like I'm getting all this information. She says, I'm getting all this material. She says, it's like I'm cheating. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean it's like you're cheating? She says, well, you know, it just seems like it's, it's so easy. It seems like that, you know, I'm, I'm getting all that you've got for all the years you've learned the Bible, and I'm not spending all that time, and, and you're giving me all this stuff, and I've got it, and it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. And I said, honey, let me tell you something. That's the way God intended it to be done. Paul said to Timothy, what you've got, commit to faithful men. I mean, how do you think I learned it? You think I just woke up one morning and got zapped with the spiritual bombardment of God and learned the Bible? No, somebody sat down and taught me the Bible. And somebody sat down and taught the guy that taught him the Bible. It's an ongoing process all the way back through the church. But that's how you learn. And that's how you grow. That's why, very frankly, you're a visitor here. I'm not interested in giving you a pen. You know what? Every pen I ever got in the church being a visitor quit working a week after I got it. <laughs> I'm not interested in, 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 in comes a little frivolity thing that they would give you for being a visitor. Hey, you know what I'll give you for being a visitor? I'll give you this book if you want it. I will spend an hour a week with you sitting down just letting you ask me any question you want to ask about the Bible. I'm not going to come in with, with some big program. You know what it is? It's going to be what you want. Because you know what? In this church, you know who the most important person is? You. Not me. You. So i got people around here who have been with me and known for years. And they're important. But you know what? They're not as important as you. You're the most important thing. You know why? Because you're at that crucial age. i got people in here who can preach better than I can. i got people here who know the Bible better than me. We don't let them stay very long, but, 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 but I got them. I ain't worried about them. They stand on their own two feet. I ain't got time to baby them. They come up and ask me to study by a week. I say, get out of here. I ain't got time to talk to you. Take care of yourself. You're a big man. You've been around this thing for a long You know who I'm interested in? You guys. You new people. And someday, you'll grow to the place where you'll train somebody. I get so many people. I mean, there's going to come a time when, when you're going to want to know more about the Bible. It's going to be more than just teach me some things about the Bible. You're going to want to be a disciple. Well, then I'll let one of these people do it, because i got some great people who can disciple. But right now, no. You want to learn the Bible one-on-one, -on -one, me and you, because you're the most important thing in this, in this church to me. You know why? Because it's Old Paths Baptist Church. And the Old Paths, the most important thing were the people.
that I don't, I don't know all about you. I don't know where you're from. Maybe some of you here this morning, you're not even saved. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just glad you're here, and I'm telling you, this church is going to stand on one thing and one thing alone. That is taken any man or any woman that wants a closer walk with God, that wants to know that Bible, and I will spend the time helping you. You may have to work with me. I still got a full-time job that I'm going to do, and like right now, I'm on call. I could get a page and have to drive down to Payola, Kansas to go out there and, and mark something. I got somebody covering it for me today. You may have to work with me, but I'll tell you what. You want to learn the Bible, nothing will stop us. You know why? That's the job of the church. Uh, that's what that little girl on the phone is all excited about. She says to me, I, I see, you know, some of them, they're like out of the mouth of babes. They're so, I mean, I could, and she says, I feel so stupid saying this. And I think, oh, this is the greatest thing. Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. Because it's so innocent. She says, I just feel like I'm cheating. She says, I sit in here, get, it all, get all this stuff on the phone, and, 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 and you know what? I just feel like I'm taking a shortcut. I'm, I, I should be, I don't know what she got to be doing, whipping herself or hanging upside down or to, to God. I don't know. But the bottom line is that's the way it's done. That's what the church is. That's what God intended it to be. It intended to, for men and women to grow up in the Word of God, learn the Word of God, know the Word of God, and then take the new people coming in and spend whatever time it takes. I mean, I, I, I don't know what most pastors do. I, I'm, I'm not into ministration. I, I, I don't ministrate anything. I don't, I don't do anything. I mean, they run in. I, I was start, I, the guy was going to run the shuttle today got sick and couldn't run the shuttle, and I was going to do the shuttle. One of the gals, John's daughter, come over and said, I'll do the shuttle. Great, do it. I mean, you know what? You know what I want to do in this church? I want to do one thing. That is spend time with anybody in here that wants to learn the Bible. That's my job. That's my job. I want to give you everything that I've got. I don't know how else to do it. I don't know what else I can tell you. But that's what Christianity is. That's what some, You say, what has to No, that's what somebody did for me. Somebody invested their life in me. And the bottom line is, that's all I know how to do. And the older guys are with me and the older women with me, they're here because at some point I invested my life in them. Now it's their turn to invest the life of somebody else. But you knew people. Hey, I'm here, man. And I'm for you. If I'm going to be your pastor, you're going to be my parishioner or sheep, whatever the case may be. You know what? I'll give you everything I got. If it was possible to cut the top of your head off and dump everything I got inside you, yeah, I'd do it. We can't do it that way. We've got to do it one book at a time, one chapter at a time, but we can do it. It's God's program. And that's why when we start, we want to start with the book of Nehemiah. Because the book of Nehemiah, you know what he does? He does this. He goes down there. He sees it's in a mess. He sees it's in a disarray. The walls are knocked down. The gates are off. And he looks at Jerusalem and he says, wow, what a mess. And I look at Christianity today and I see the same thing because you know what? Those walls are around that city. And those gates are the way they go into that city. And that city, I already told you, that city is individual buildings. That city is a picture of a church. And the gates, there's nine of them in this chapter, Nine gates that are knocked off their hinges. And each one of those gates represents something that a church has to have for it to be fruitful, spiritual, blessed of God, and successful. And that's what we're going to go through. We're going to come through in the next couple of months, however long it takes, we're going to go through those gates. And I'm going to show you week by week how that gate fits into your life, in the life of this church. And we're going to hang the gates one by one. 
and what we're going to do. Bible says over in the book of Proverbs, it's always been a favorite verse of mine, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. That's Jerusalem. Jerusalem had no defenses. It was broken down without walls. No, nothing to keep the enemy out, no gates, total disarray. And that's true of you and me. The wall represents our defenses. The wall represents the strength of this city. We need to build a wall around this church to keep things in, keep things out, and make sure that there's gates that anybody can get in what they need through those gates. They're incredible. You want to build your body spiritually for the Lord? Go to the book of Ezra. You want to find out how God builds the kingdom? Go to the book of Esther. You want to find out how to build the Old Paz Baptist Church biblically, that God will be pleased with it? Go to the book of Nehemiah. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take it one step at a time. Now, I don't know where you're all at today. I hope you all come back next week. I hope you all leave here and you're saying, you know what, I found exactly what I'm looking for and I'm going to be part of this and I'll just take my time and, and grow in the Lord. I hope you do. But I'm just saying to this, I, I'm going to tell you right up front, you know what, I'll, I'll do everything I can do to help you with the Word of God. That is the most important thing to me in your life. I'll be the best I can to be there for you. But I have an ulterior motive. I'll just tell you up front. And that is that down the line someplace, you become everything you can be and give it to somebody else like I gave it to you. And maybe right now that scares you. Don't worry about it. I'm not asking you to do it tomorrow. It may be five, six, seven, eight, ten years down the line. But you'll get there. Maybe all you need right now is somebody to love you. Maybe all you need right now is somebody you can go and talk to and say, hey, you know what, here's where I'm at. Let me help you. Let me, let me, let me just ask you, what, what about this? And what about that? You know, or maybe you're there and you say, hey, you know what, I really want a closer walk with God. I want to learn the Bible. Where do I start? I don't care. Wherever you're at, where I'm at. But I know this. I know that Nehemiah is the book that shows us. And, and through the course of it, hey, look, we'll get into some stuff in Ezra. We'll get into the stuff in Esther. We'll see how these other things all bleed together because there's three things that God built. And you really can't separate them. You know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're three separate identities, but they're all one. And when God builds the kingdom, God builds your body, the temple, and God builds the church, they're three separate things, but they're all connected. And we'll talk about that. And we'll lay that thing out as we go through. Let's have your heads bowed and your eyes closed here. We're, we're going to close out today. You know where we're going. You know where we're at. Hey, you know what? And I, I don't know where you're at with the Lord today. I, I really don't. I just thank you for being here. And I ask you this morning to just take a moment before we close out. I know it's been cramped in here, and I know it's kind of warm and all that, and it, we'll try to alleviate that as quickly as we can. We're working on it, but we may have to be here for a short time. On one hand,